Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. This is Chris Gatti of the Catholic Review. Today on Catholic Baltimore, we're talking with Mitch Davis, writer and director of The Stray, a new movie due out in October. Mitch Davis was raised in Escondido, California, and is the oldest of seven children. In 1989, he earned a master's degree in film from the University of Southern California, at the conclusion of which he was awarded an internship at Disney Studios. He was later hired by Disney as a junior executive in the creative group, where he worked on such movies as Rocketeer, Newsies, White Fang, and Dead Poets Society, all movies I've seen. Davis later moved to a producer's job at Columbia Studios before leaving Hollywood to pursue a career as an independent filmmaker. Mitch also wrote and directed The Other Side of Heaven, which you may have seen. Welcome to the show, Mitch. Thank you very much, Chris. Great to be here. Thanks. So tell us a little bit what, what your new movie, The Stray, is about. The Stray actually tells a true story from my own family's life of a period when I was working at a major film studio. Our life was crazy, hectic. Our marriage and family were suffering, and... A stray dog adopted us. Um, We took that stray dog in against all logic, and that stray dog ended up sort of saving our family, um, Mm -hmm. saving our marriage, helping us reprioritize, and then ended up saving my life when I was struck by lightning on a backpacking trip um, shortly thereafter. Was it hard to share this experience with your with viewers? I, I, I saw the movie. I saw a screening of it a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and after all, in the first part of the movie, you're not a very likable guy. You, you don't pay a lot of attention to your family. You've got other things going on. How, was that hard for you to do as a writer and director? Well, you know, my youngest son, Parker, actually wrote the original draft of the script, so he got to determine – how dastardly I was. Okay. And I did, I, I, I did rewrites and uh, tried to take a few of the rough edges off. But, you know, um, we just decided to tell the truth. Um, mm. the, the, truth is, the truth was that I, I don't think I was an evil or a bad person. I just was completely distracted. And I was distracted by my desire to first and foremost, to provide for my family. I don't think I was just in it for the ego. I, I was really concerned about my livelihood and my ability to pay the, pay the rent. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you're right, though. I'm, and that comes I, out in, in uh, the scene where you and your wife in the movie are talking about why you were doing what you were doing and, and you know, Michelle saying, yeah, but this is not really, is this really what we want for our family? Uh, can yeah. you talk a little bit about what that was like in your family before you met Pluto, and as you say, he adopted you, and and contrast that to how he changed your family. You know, um, uh, I think we were all basically good people striving for a common goal, but we just got lost, and I think that's the way it often is in young families, young marriages. If you sure. think about it, it all kind of, it all happens at once. Uh, 
you have the most financial stress, the most family stress, the most marital stress, and the most career stress all during the same period of time. And that's what was going on with us. So, And that's what goes on for a lot of families. No, yeah, that, I think that's, that's a universal truth. I mean, I, I read a story somewhere where the there's an inverse relationship between the size of a person's house and the number of children they have. So the bigger the house, the less children, uh, which is just... It, that's, a, that's a, just an indication of how kind of topsy-turvy the whole thing is. People with the most money have the least kids. People with the least money and the most financial stress have the most kids. And we're all just kind of trying to make it work. Uh, yeah. So, so what anyway. was it like then? How did Pluto change all of that for you? Pluto was a fantastic healer. He just had this knack for knowing who was in stress, who was in pain, who needed uh to have his head in their lap and you know when I'd come home from work at three in the morning um he'd be on the front porch waiting for me with a ball you know ah. let's go throw a ball in the backyard at 3 a.m and yeah so that's what that's what we would do and, and so he just kind of taught us all to slow down and smell the roses a little bit and then and then you know taught us even more when when things got really dramatic on the mountainside yeah I, the the neat thing in the movie is the uh, and I you know it's part of the story is that relationship between Pluto and your son how how Pluto saves your son at first and then comes to save you and the rest of the family but can you tell us a little bit about how that came about how Pluto ended up in your life I grew up with dogs and so as our life got more and more chaotic and out of control I made the suggestion one morning to my wife that maybe we should get a dog maybe a dog would help us all sort of be more grounded and calm and she just practically chased me out of the driveway uh you know are you crazy that's the last thing in the world i need it's another another mouth to feed but mm-hmm. then she said hey i read an article though that strays the best way to get a dog is to get a stray because it's kind of like you just don't really have any commitments to each other and you can figure each other out before you decide whether to stick it out together and mm-hmm. She said, so if a stray dog shows up, I might think about it. But she just, you know, said that as a joke. Well, a few days later, there was a stray dog wandering around the playground at my son's elementary school. And that stray dog followed him home from school. And and so I come home from work, and there's this dog that wasn't there before. What, what, what is this? <laughs> Wait a minute. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it started off being over my wife's dead body, but the minute she saw how how much benefit Pluto provided to Christian, in particular our eldest, who mm-hmm. was the only one going to school at the time, school can be a cruel place, and uh, as soon as she saw Pluto's effect on Christian, it, she was sold. Yeah. A lot of families take in rescue pets. Either they, you know, they get them at the pound or in kind of your case where a, a stray just kind of wanders in and, and a family ends up taking care of it. Do pets like these always change a family? And, they, and is it always an improvement? <laughs> I can't speak for anybody else. Uh-huh. I just know that in our case, in our case, you know, we were all kind of in trouble. We were all praying for help. And in answer to our prayers, God sent a dog. Um, I can't say that it's always positive for everybody, but in our case, it certainly was uh, 
a, a blessing. Mm-hmm. And what what kinds of things about Pluto did really made that work for you? What was it? Was he just there all the time? Did, was he in a good mood? Did he encourage the family to get together more? What was it? You know, um, we started taking walks. We started going to the park. Um, we started uh, just sitting around in the backyard uh, watching each other play with the dog. Uh, and, and he just seemed to sort of know who needed a dog hug, you know. Yeah. He just seemed to know. He seemed to know when Michelle was stressed or when I was stressed or when one of the children were feeling a little low. He just kind of intuitively knew and seemed to find a way to heal that. To help out with that. That's awesome. Love, I think that animals sort of exemplify unconditional love. And, and you know, uh, what does a dog need to be happy? Well, a, a bowl of food, a dish of water, and maybe a, a piece of bone to chew on once in a while. I mean, uh-huh. that's it. And, and they kind of help you put life in perspective, I think. Yeah, and they're so. I mean, they're they're good for families uh, to be able to get rally around. Probably helps teach kids responsibility because you got to make sure that the dog is fed and walked and all of that. Parents probably pick up a lot of that, but I think in the long run, uh, it's it ends up being a good thing for families to have. Yeah, no, I totally I totally agree with you on that. Well, that's great. After the break, we're going to talk some more with Mitch Davis about the movie he wrote and directed, The Stray, which received the Dove family-approved seal for its portrayal of positive values and as a film you can take your entire family to see. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the Catholic Review. A standing-room-only gathering packed the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen and Homeland September 17th for the 7th Annual Archdiocesan Filipino Saints Fiesta Celebration. The theme for the Mass and cultural celebration was captivated by the Holy Spirit. We stir into flame our love and service for the Lord. That gets at the heart of our call as Christians, said John Smith, chairman of the Filipino Council of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. The two martyred Filipino saints at the heart of the day's honors, Pedro Calunsud and Lorenzo Ruiz, lived out those words. Archbishop William E. Lorry said in his homily, that the two 17th century saints teach us forgiveness and self-giving love. Those are two qualities that you and I need if we would be ardent Christians on fire for the love of Jesus, the Archbishop said. The martyrdom of blessed Stanley Francis Rother fills us with sadness, but also gives us joy to see the kindness, generosity, and courage of a great man of faith, said Cardinal Angelo Amato, Prefect of the Congregation for Saints' Causes, September 23rd in Oklahoma City. Father Rother is an authentic light for the church and the world, the cardinal said in his homily during the U.S. priest's beatification mass. He didn't hate, but loved. He didn't destroy, but built up. This is the invitation that blessed Stanley Rother extends to us today to be like him as witnesses and missionaries of the gospel. Society needs this source of good. The cardinal was the main celebrant of the beatification mass, joined by Archbishop Paul S. Coakley of Oklahoma City and his predecessor, retired Archbishop Eusebius J. Beltran, who formally opened the Rosa Sainthood cause 10 years ago. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, 
This is Christopher Gunty. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica gift shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish in everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. We're back and we're talking again with Mitch Davis, writer and director of The Stray, which opens in October. The movie is based on Mitch's own true story, featuring a dog named Pluto, who not only saved Mitch's family, but saved his life too. So tell us, Mitch, how did your faith grow through the experiences depicted in the film? You went through some tough times, including your daughter getting lost. I can't imagine the kind of panic that that would have brought on to, to parents. You know, there's nothing quite like losing a child in a grocery store or whatever. Um, boy, your blood pressure goes from normal to off the charts in about 10 seconds, and that's what happened to us. We um, It was a Saturday afternoon, and actually um, – my wife was in the backyard doing some yard work. I was outside washing the cars, and the sun was going down, and we both suddenly realized that neither of us had Kinsey, our two-year-old, but we both thought she was with the other parent mm-hmm. and that we had she'd been missing for almost 45 minutes. Oh, my so, God. Uh, yeah, it was really, a, it was really a, a moment of intense panic, and... Um, uh, so we, you know, started running around because the sun was going down and we didn't want it to get dark before we found her. We were all frantic, running from door to door, driving around the neighborhood, rallying neighbors to help, saying prayers, absolutely no luck. Um, but then this actually is not in the movie, but it's a true story that um, we ha- we said a prayer. My wife and I ran into the backyard and looked over the fence, and there was somebody walking along a path 
beyond our fence. It was a man, um, and he just looked up at us casually, and he said, are you looking for a little girl? And we said, absolutely we are. And he, he stopped and he pointed. He said, she's over there in that park. And there's a dog with her watching over her. So I got in the car and I drove. And she was about a mile away in this park, um, standing there in her diaper. And, um, and Pluto was watching guard over her, um, grabbed her grabbed Pluto, ran back to the house, and then my wife and I were sitting there talking, and we started to talk about the man, Mm -hmm. the mystery man on the back path, and we realized there was something angelic about that guy, too. Um, Mm -hmm. So we had an an angelic dog, and we had an angelic man (laughs) in the backyard. Uh, So that was a very harrowing event, and that's a sacred event in our family. Uh, uh, And you see part of it in the movie. You don't see all of it because we thought mm-hmm. the angelic man in the backyard might be just too much for an audience to swallow. Mm-hmm. So how's your family doing these days? Have they all grown from this experience? You know, we have five children. They're all married. Four of them have brought us grandchildren. And um, this, along with other life experiences, has really helped us be a close, tight-knit family. In fact, um, if you watch the credits of the movie closely, you'll see that there are a lot of Davises listed. My wife, Michelle. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. My wife, Michelle, was an associate producer. My son, Parker, wrote the original screenplay. I wrote, directed, and produced. Uh, my Our middle son, Marshall, was the editor and colorist. And our oldest son, Christian, uh, was the film's composer. So it was sort of a Davis family offering to the world, and we hope it's well-received. That's excellent. You know, your family, in the as you depicted, the family moved from uh, Los Angeles to Colorado. Was that a shock to your system, and how did that change your relationship with your kids and your wife? Oh, my goodness, yeah. We went from really not being able to afford to buy a house in the Los Angeles area of California to buy in a nice home on five acres in the country outside of Denver. Mm-hmm. And we could not believe how dramatically our life changed, how low our stress level went from where it had been. It was really a beautiful experience. It was kind of humiliating for me, though, uh, if I were to be honest. Yeah, tell me more about that. I I had gone from being a studio executive on the Disney lot and then on the Sony Columbia lot. You know, I had a parking space with my name on it next to a famous movie star's parking space. I had a big office and uh, an assistant, and uh, people came and pitched me movie ideas, and, and I... Uh, you know, I'd see movie stars and famous producers on the lot every day when I'd walk to lunch. So it was this really kind of heady lifestyle. And then all of a sudden I was living on five acres uh, in a place called Franktown, Colorado. And, and and for a few years it was really difficult because my career didn't take off. And I'd see friends of mine or people I used to work with or go to school with releasing blockbuster movies in theaters 
and and it was hard. It was hard to drive past a theater and see the names of movies on the marquee that I was not a part of. It was hard mm-hmm. to. It, it just I, I. But 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 that I guess you would call it a sacrifice on my part. It was it was just a, a magic <laughs> concoction of goodness for our family. I mean. Colorado was a great, great change of pace uh, and that had a lot to do with our, our healing. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit, uh, just very briefly, without giving too much away about the movie, of the, the incident uh, up on the, on the backpacking trip where you were struck by lightning. Yeah. Um, so shortly after moving to Colorado, we moved there in the summertime, and uh, it was difficult for our children to make friends since they weren't going to school. And we wanted our children to be able to go to school having a few friends in tow. So so I approached a couple of neighbors and asked them if they wanted to go backpacking with me and bring their sons along who were Christian's age. And neither of the fathers were available to go, but they both allowed their sons to come with me. Um so we headed up into the mountains uh, outside of Fair Play, Colorado, on a pretty strenuous hike at a pretty high altitude uh, with our dog Pluto. And uh, it was July, and it started to snow on us. Oh. So I couldn't. Be- I, I was worried we might get into some freak blizzard. So I decided that we would just camp where we were. I'd get the boys inside, get them in their sleeping bags in case we had to hunker down. And um, the last thing I remember is starting to fix the boys some hot chocolate on a little camping stove. And then uh, we were struck by lightning, um, wow. which I don't I don't remember the actual lightning strike. That part of my life is kind of erased. But I can't imagine. Yeah. But it was a pretty uh, it, it pretty it, some some would say that it did kill me and I came back. Some would say that it would say that I almost died. I don't really know if I died and came back or if I just almost died, but I I had a very dramatic uh, physical and spiritual experience on the mountain, as did the three boys who were with us and our dog Pluto. Wow. We've got just about a half a minute left. What do you hope audiences can take away from the film? I hope audiences who see this movie will come away reminded that there is a God who loves us no matter where we are, no matter our circumstance, no matter our needs. Uh, You know, we might be a family in crisis in Glendora, California. We might be on a mountainside in Colorado having been struck by lightning, uh, paralyzed and dying. We might be, I don't know, a single mom uh, in an inner city trying to make the rent every month. God knows us, loves us, and will help us. Will reach out to us. He might send a stray dog. He might send uh, an angel in a surprising form. Uh, and then the, la- the other thing I, I would want people to take away is that families are where it's at. Making families work is the single most important thing any of us can do on the planet regardless of how our family is composed, 
uh, a single parent, dual parents, divorce, death, whatever. Families are where it's at, and uh, they are the most important thing we can invest our time and care in. That's a good message. Well, thanks for being with, with us today. We've been talking with Mitch Davis about his new movie, The Stray, which will open October 6th in select markets all around the country. If you want to look up locations for theaters near you, near you go to thestray.movie, D-H-E-S-T-R-A-Y dot M-O-V-I-E. Thanks. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.